Well, we're so glad that you decided to join us on this holiday weekend, whether in person. I know a lot of you are still probably traveling or out of town or on your way back. So welcome to the final week of our series called The Power of Words, where we've been talking about just that the impact our words have on other people and even ourselves. So we hope this series is going to be kind of like a resource for you in, in the future. Because my gut feeling tells me that you're probably going to keep using words. This is not like a series thing. This is like a life thing. And so from time to time, you're going to need to come back like I do, like all of us do, to things that you heard that you need to be reminded of. And we hope through our, through our website, you can go to the message archives, through our app as well. And it might be from time to time you need a refresher, not because of me, not because of anything I said, but because of the principles and truths that we have discovered together. And today will be no different as we wrap up this series. So as a reminder or a review for some of you that have been uh, in this series, and if this is your first Sunday of the series, uh, this will kind of catch you up a little bit. You'll want to go back to the previous weeks to fully unpack this. But we've been interacting with this truth from the ancient Old Testament scriptures. King Solomon wrote that the tongue has the power of life and death. My tongue, your tongue, our tongue, our words are so powerful. They can be life-giving or they can be so destructive it is draining almost like death, the power of life and death. And the way we've summarized this We've kind of said it this way to kind of put handlebars on this so that we can kind of get our hands around this and do something with it, is the reality that words create worlds. Words create worlds around us. Words create worlds, as we will talk about today, inside of us. Words create realities that we live in, environments that we live in, and how we do life. That's how powerful our words are. And so you can't do a series on words, I think, and, and fully touch on everything that you need to talk about without talking about what we're going to talk about in the next few minutes. And that is the words that you hear more than any other words. The words you hear and interact with more than your spouse, more than your friends, more than your coworkers, more than your family and your parents, the words that you have to wrestle with, the voice that you have to take into account more than anybody else's voice, and that is our own. Your own words that create worlds. Because here's the deal. The truth is, is that you hear your own voice more than anybody else's voice. You talk to yourself more than anybody else talks to you which means you hear your own voice more than you hear anybody else's. Now, I'm not talking about the talking to yourself out loud kind of thing. There's medicine for that. We all have moments. But I'm talking about your thoughts, whether you realize it or not. The thoughts that you think in your mind all run through the filter of your own words and your own voice. Even things that you heard other people say, even things that come to you from the outside all run through a filter of your own thoughts, and your own thoughts are colored by your own voice. And those thoughts and those words create worlds inside of you, inside of your mind, 
and as a result inside your lives, and you would hope that that would be positive, and sometimes it's positive, and you want it to be positive, but all too often it's negative. If you were to survey all the thoughts that you think about yourself, and you, all the things you tell yourselves, the majority of it, unfortunately, is going to be negative. Now, there's reasons for that, and we don't have time to get into all that. It's just, let's just let it be what it is. We got to deal with that. Why is it? It's, an, it's, it's interesting to think about all of the thoughts that we think and the things that we tell ourselves and how the lion's share of those things are negative and destructive. And so you got to stop and go, wait a second, wait a second. Is, what, what am I thinking here? And to, to give some thought to this, to the reality that you and I say things to ourselves that we would never say to anybody else. You realize that? You say things to yourself and in a way that you would never say. You wouldn't dream of saying this to her. You wouldn't dream of saying this to them. But boy, you think it. You think it and you just hamster wheel that and go round and round and round and round. Do you know that the thoughts that you think and the things that you tell yourself in your own mind are often untrue? Which means you lie to yourself? Yeah. You actually lie to yourself. It's only once. It'll only be one time lie. Oh, this will be the last time. Lie. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This is not hurting anybody else. This is just, this is just me. This does not affect anybody else. It's just me. Lie. Yeah, we tell ourselves things that are untrue, things that we would never say to anybody else. We are unkind with our words to ourselves. We are unwise with what we tell ourselves. We are unhealthy with what we tell ourselves, and we're exaggerative. If you would take a survey of all the things that you think and how many of those things have the words always and never in them, well, it's always going to be this way. They're never going to change. I'm always going to feel this way. It's always going to be this way. I'm never getting out of this situation. I don't even know why I try. Always, never, always, never. It's always going to be this hard, right? That never happens to me. Always, never, always, never. We exaggerate to ourselves. And the truth is, is that we believe almost everything we tell ourselves. Right? You have, a, you have a special knack for convincing yourself things because you're good at it. You talk to yourself more than anybody else. You know how to convince yourself of things, right? If you ever find yourself just, just like, almost like an attorney, like in a lawyer in, 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 a, in a courtroom, right? You're giving yourself all this evidence, this, then this, then this, and see, I was right. Then this, I thought so. I did, and, and you're having this conversation with yourself in your brain, in your mind, and it's creating a world in which you live. I once heard it said that the biggest troublemaker in your life stares at you first thing in the morning from the mirror. Biggest troublemaker in your life. Yeah, we get in our own way with our thoughts and creates an inner world. And some of you have created inner worlds that you're living in. Worlds of worry and stress, which lead to anxiety and fear and shame and guilt and false narratives, that's interesting. We can create a whole scenario that, has ne that hasn't happened and may never happen, but we create it and we insert ourselves in it and we go way down the road. I'm like, wait a second. You ever find yourself getting stressed out by things that haven't even happened yet and may never happen at all? Yeah, see, we do that to ourselves. And we live in a world that's exaggerated in our brains more times than not. So it creates an inner world that you don't really want to live in if you're not careful. But it also creates 
worlds around us. Yeah, your thoughts, what you tell yourself eventually will impact what you tell other people. You will convince yourself of something and then it will color what you say to her or what you say to him and it will impact the way in which we, because you've already convinced yourself that it's true in your brain. You've already convinced yourself in your mind this is the way it is, right? Because you've had the conversation with yourself. You've convinced yourself and now you believe yourself and it may or may not be true in reality, but you're already there. So when you say it, you've already assumed it and accepted it as true and now you've said it to him and to her. See, I'm telling you, it's a big deal. That's why you must, and I must, and we must all do this. Think about what you think about. You need to think about what you think about. It sounds simple, right? It sounds kind of like, ah, I've never really used that phrase like that, to think about what I think about, but I guess you're right. We don't think about what we think about. We just, we just think. We talk to ourselves. See, here's the challenge. We talk to ourselves without thinking about what we're telling ourselves. And so we just go, go, go right through it. You ever, you ever found yourself doing that? Have you ever caught yourself talking to yourself? Again, not in the weird way, but in the like, and, and you found yourself going, wait a second, why am I thinking this? Why am I thinking this? What? Wait, I can't believe, I can't believe I'm thinking this. Why am I thinking this? Right, from time to time, you'll have that moment. But see, we have to do that more often, to be intentional about thinking about what we think about. Because we just go on autopilot. You guys know what autopilot is, right? Everybody knows autopilot, right? You get up in the air, set it, and forget it. And, and I'm sure it's not that simple for those of you that are into aviation, and, and we're glad it's not that simple. Um, but anyway, in our, in our minds, we go on autopilot. We just have thoughts. We just think stuff without thinking about what it is we're thinking about so that we can decide, should I be thinking about this or not? And we get bombarded. We, when we get on autopilot, you know, and maybe some of you feel that way, you're just bombarded with one thought after another. And we say things like, I don't know how to turn it off. I'm trying to turn it off. What do I do to turn this off? And I'm just bombarded with, you know, and you're hearing your parents' words filtered through your own voice, right? And you can hear, you kind of hear the inflection and you can kind of put yourself back. But those words, you know, whether you hear them saying it or not, now you're telling yourself what they told you and what your friends said and you were bullied in school. And, and now all of that's coming right back. And maybe what the coach said and what your teacher said or what, what the people you work with, you know, how, what they've said, what you hear in the media, what you hear in culture, and that just bombards you. Things from your past, things in the present, and then stuff that hasn't happened in the future, I'm sure, and I just know that this is going to happen. And, and then this and then that and all of this at once, and we go on autopilot without even thinking what we're thinking about. And then you get in that random spiral or we call it the hamster wheel, right? You know, that's what a hamster wheel, you know, just you, you squeak. Got to have the squeak, the annoying squeak. And it just goes and 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 goes. Autopilot. <laughs> you create this whole false world that you live in. And so what you got to do when you find yourself an autopilot is decide somebody needs to do some air traffic control for what's going on in our brains, what's going on in our minds, the thoughts that are coming and going. Somebody needs to, to stand up and go, wait a second, wait a second. That thought, that's a good one. We're gonna hold on to that one. That one, that one's gotta go. This is good, this is good. Yeah, this is right. And no, this one, no, I don't know where that came from. That one's gotta go. Someone needs to start directing traffic. And the best person to direct traffic in your own mind is you. To stop and think about 
what you think about. The good news is, I want to empower you with this, you have a say in what you say to yourself. You have a say, just like you have a say in what you say to other people. You have a choice. You can decide what to say and how to say it to the people around you. Likewise, you have a say and you can choose what you say to yourself and how you say it. Now, I get it. We may not be in control of what comes into our mind, what comes into our thoughts. We may not have control always on what comes in, but we certainly have control on what stays in. We certainly have a say on what, what we decide to embrace, what we decide to simmer in and, and just kind of, you know, over and over and over again, think it through. Like the old saying that you can't stop a bird from landing on your hair, you know, landing in your hair, but you can certainly stop him from building a nest there. I remember that because it's, that, I, I just dream about those days when that would be possible with hair. Yeah, it, you, you get the idea. Right? Okay, I'm having these thoughts. I don't know where all that came from. But, but I can decide what I'm going to embrace and what I'm not. You are an active participant in what's going on in your mind. You are not helpless. You are not a helpless bystander. You are not a victim. Because you hear this, right? Well, I can't control. I can't control. I don't know what to do. And I just feel like I've just got all this stuff. And I don't know how to turn it off. And wait, wait, wait. I think we've all felt that. But you have a say. You can direct the traffic of the thoughts that are coming in here and what you focus on and, and what, what you embrace and what you let go of. You have a say. And if you are going to take responsibility for the words that you say to yourself, you're going to have to realize, I have a say. And let me show you this. This is all throughout the Scriptures, Old Testament, New Testament, God talks so much about what we think and how we think and, and, and our inner worlds, right, our inner worlds. And Jesus even talked about what's on the inside of us eventually affects what we say and what we do and so, so much. I want to point out a couple of things that, that I think help us understand that we can think about what we think about and we do have a say. One of them is a, a very familiar phrase, and I say that intentionally, it's a phrase because people usually take this one phrase out of this one verse in the New Testament and they, and they say all kinds of things with it. And it's usually, they, they mean well with it, but they typically take it way out of context. Um, so I want to put it in its proper context, but under, help us understand it still teaches us a very powerful principle that we have the ability to think about what it is we think about and we have a say in what we say to ourselves. And it's something Paul wrote to the Corinthians in his second letter to them that we have uh, documented. And he probably wrote more than, there's some evidence that um, in ancient writings he wrote more than two letters to the church at, in Corinth, but we have two for sure. Um, and the second one that we have, he wrote something to them in the context of defending the faith. Defending the faith from outside attack about who Jesus was and um, is Jesus the risen Messiah and all this stuff. And Paul says, you know, I I'm defending the faith from this Greco-Roman society. And there was a lot of arguing and philosophical bantering and debate. And so that's the context that he writes this in. But what he writes lets us know that it's possible, even though outside of the context of defending the faith, it's possible for us to think about what we think about. And here's the phrase. Here's the phrase. You'll, you'll recognize. If you've been around church for any amount of time, uh, you, you've heard somebody use this. Take captive every thought. 
Paul says we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. What he's talking about are the philosophies and the arguments that are being lobbed, you know, lobbed up there against Jesus and Jesus is not the Messiah and Jesus didn't raise from the dead and you can't blah, 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 blah and all this kind of stuff and all these philosophies. He says we take those arguments and, and we kind of take them captive, these thoughts, and, and we think about them and we relate them back to, okay, what, what, is, what is the truth about Jesus? What does the evidence say? Okay. So even though this is not our context, what this tells us is it's possible for you and I to take a thought, an argument, a statement, and, in, and, and actually kind of take it out of our minds and hold it up, right? And, and look about and look at it and think about it. Like he says, when I hear people say this about Jesus, I take that thought and I and I cap and I make it my captive. I'm like, I got you, I got you. Now I'm going to look at this, and I'm going to think about this. Is this right or not? So it lets us know we have the ability as human beings to take a thought and go, aha, gotcha, and hold it up and go, huh, should I be thinking this or not? So that's what some of you need to do. Now, you don't do it out loud. <laughs> it's kind of weird. I mean, if you're, you're sitting at the dinner table going, aha, gotcha. <laughs> don't mind her. She's taking every captive thought. But, but it lets us know it's possible for us to think about the things we're thinking about. We can choose what we choose to think about. Is this honoring or not? Is this good or not? Is this true or not? We have the ability. Which brings us to the second passage I want to help you see. where, where this, this is just another example where Paul writes now to a group of Christians in Philippi. The same kind of thing, but, he, but this context really is about our thought life. He's talking to them about prayer. The end of the book of Philippians, this letter to them. And in chapter 4, after talking to them about prayer and the peace that comes from giving things over to the Lord, he said he, he told them something that has everything to do with you thinking about what you think about and, and knowing you have a say. And then this is what he said. This is fascinating. Same idea, but, but this time in context to our thoughts. He says, now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. Man, wouldn't that be nice? Right? Some of you are like, I'd love to. Right? Fix your thoughts. Decide. Decide to think about what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely, and admirable. And then he goes on. He says, if you think about things that are excellent, you can choose to think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. You and I, and there's so much, so much. One of the older translations uh, uses the word whatever. Like, whatever is good, whatever is right, whatever is honorable, because there's so much out there. So many good things to be thinking about and to hold on to. He says, you get to decide. Let's look through the list again. Let me go back to this. True. What is true? Versus what is false. That false world, that false narrative that you've concocted in your own brain, I bet she, and that's why she said this, and then when she cut her eyes at me, I bet she was thinking, and I knew it. I knew it all along. I knew it. 
And I bet he, and he's always done that, you know, and I heard, you know what, this makes sense. This all makes sense now because he told me that he, and then she said that he, and then, yeah, I bet that's what that was. You have no evidence whatsoever, right? And you just, is it true? Uh, If you don't know it's true, let it go. Honorable versus dishonorable. I shouldn't be thinking that. Um, Right versus Wrong goes back to the truth thing. And, and, and for those of you that are going, oh, this is just the power of positive thinking. That's all this is. This is just telling yourself nice, fluffy things. No, it's not. No, it's not. Because often what is true and what is right is hard to hear. Often what is true and what is right is hard to deal with. And sometimes there's some hard truths about ourselves we have to wrestle with. There's some very challenging things that we have to come to grips with. What is true and honorable and right and pure, that's a big one. Pure, wholesome is another word that, that I think of when I think of the word pure. Lovely, admirable, and, and then excellent and worthy of praise. Think about what you think about. I wonder if your thoughts are described with these adjectives. If you were to stop and go, gotcha. You have a say in what you do with that. To think about it and then decide, is this good or not? I want to take this one step further because this is not just about you. This is not just about you having thoughts and thinking on autopilot. This is bigger than just you. The world that gets created in your mind, the world that gets created with your own words, there's more going on in there than just thoughts. Satan, the devil, the evil one, however you want to call him, your, your, your brother-in-law, I mean, I mean, Satan, right? Okay? And, and, and the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, the presence of Jesus, both influence us through our own thinking meaning our own words that we say to ourselves. So these are not just thoughts. There's a battle going on in the battlefield of our minds. Scripture's so clear on this. That's why Paul says you gotta fix, you gotta fix your thoughts. You gotta decide what you're gonna focus on. You gotta decide because there's gonna be a lot of things that get volleyed in there, a lot of things that get batted around, a lot of things that come into your thinking And you're going to have to decide. You see, Satan is called the accuser. The accuser. Why? That's what he does. Those thoughts, this is your fault. This is all because of you. You'll never amount to, you see, you failed again. You did exactly what they always said you would do and what you knew you would see there. You'll never amount to anything. You blame Fear, shame, guilt, all those comes from the evil one. And, and that comes through your own, your own thoughts. You hear it in your own words. And you convince yourself of it and you believe yourself of it. And if you're not careful, it'll create a world inside of you that's the result of it. You live in that. Some of you live in that reality right now. But at the same time, 
While Satan is called the accuser, the Holy Spirit is called the comforter, the counselor. And in John chapter 14, Jesus said that the role of the Holy Spirit, among other things, is to remind you of the things that I'm going to teach you, remind you of the things that I have said to you, remind you of the things that are true and good. And that list we just read that Paul wrote to the Philippians in Philippians chapter 4. It, it reminds me of cartoons, okay? And it's always an animated world where you see this. And it happens in real life. You just can't see it. That's why they animate it. And for some of you that's been around a minute, you'll think Looney Tunes, okay? Because this happened with Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd and Daffy Duck and Yosemite Sam and Wally Coyote and, and all those, okay? And for those of you that are newer to the, to the, to the party, you're going you're gonna to have seen this in some Disney movies like uh, Aladdin. That's a great one, one of my favorites. I mean, Robin Williams, how great was he in that? Um, and, and then uh, Hercules, you'll see it in that one, and some others. And, and here's the scenario. You've got the main character, the animated character, whatever the character is. And for me, as a kid, you know, it was Bugs Bunny. And, and he's trying to make a decision, a decision about right or wrong, good or bad. Do I do this or not? And then right there, boom. On either shoulder, you've got Bugs Bunny that's got a, port, a pitchfork kind of thing, little tail, like a little red suit, devil. Do it, do it, do it, do it. And, and, and then on this shoulder, you've got Bugs Bunny and looks like a little angel, a little cherub, you know. No, don't, you know, no, you know, be nice kind of thing. And there's this battle. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And you know how it goes, right? Whichever one. That the character, Bugs Bunny or, you know, Aladdin or, or whomever, you know, decides to listen to, wins the day, wins the moment. That right there plays out in our minds on our own shoulders all the time. And you know it. You know it. You just can't see it. But you hear it, right? Tell her. Let her have it. Now's your chance. Now's your chance make sure everybody knows that you were right and she was wrong. No, just be gracious. You don't know what kind of day she's had. Just, you know, just be patient. Just, 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 you know what? Just don't. Don't go there. Don't. That, that scenario in a million different ways plays out and you and I get to decide. We have a say to think about. What it is we're thinking about and then to do something with it. And I want to leave you with two questions to bring this whole thing down to just two simple questions that will help you direct traffic of the thoughts in your mind and the words that you're telling yourself when you find yourself just on autopilot driving down the road and it's just one scenario after another and it's getting away with you. Here's two questions that will help you. Think about what you think about and understand that you have a say. First question. Where did this come from? In other words, who's talking to me really? Who is this? Where did this come from? Who told me this? Where did this come from, this thought? What are you thinking about? Right? Is this from the evil one? Is this blame and shame and guilt and accusing and... You always and you never and false narratives and exaggeration. 
Or, or is, this, is this something that God would have me focus on? Is this something that the Lord would have me spend some time thinking through and wrestling with? Where did this come from? Now, two weeks ago, when we talked about words that come from God and how we understand and recognize words that come from God, I put some descriptors up on the screen, and I want to come back to that and show you this. When your thoughts are being influenced by your heavenly Father, and your words are being influenced by His, and you're trying, you're thinking about it, right? Gotcha, got this thought. Now I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at this. I'm gonna think about this. Where did this come from, really? When it comes from your heavenly Father, this is what it's gonna sound like. This is what it's gonna be like, because God's words to us are full of love and grace, always. But they're also honest and true, which means sometimes there's hard things that you have to deal with and hard things that you have to wrestle with and hard realities that you have to admit. Sometimes you need to change, you need to grow. They're searching and guiding words, lots of questions. How could I do this better? How could I say that differently? How could I, how could I, you know, grow? How could, you know, all those. And, and then invitation, an invitation from God to become more like Christ. They're challenging, right? And empowering. You got this. You can do this. You have a say. You know what? And you are not a victim. And what's going on in your own thoughts, in your voice to yourself? Where did this come from? And so once you identify where it comes from, then the logical thing is to ask the second question. And it should, you'd think this would be a no-brainer, right? Okay. So where did this come from? Who's talking to me? It, you know, where did this, where did this originate? Well, it was my mom, I know, but where did her words originate from? Or, you know, Satan using this, or is the Holy Spirit, you know, this kind of thing. And then once you decide that, then you have to decide, what do I do with it? Where did it come from? What do I do with it? Where did it come from? What do I do with it? And when you know where it comes from, then you should know what you do with it. You have two choices. I either let it go, or I go with it. Every thought. That when you find yourself on autopilot, and you say, nope, I got direct traffic here, something's got to go, and something needs to stay. So, what do I let go of? And what do I go with? We have a phrase that we use um, in our talking and conversing with one another and reasoning. And, and sometimes, sometimes I use this in meetings and we're trying to figure things out you know, as a staff. I'll use this phrase, um, okay, let's go with that line of thinking. Let's go with that line of thinking. Okay, you know what that means, right? When someone says that, in other words, okay, let's follow that thought to its natural conclusion. Let's just keep thinking thoughts like that. Let's go with this line of thinking, this line of reasoning, and see where it leads. And so it's, it's part of planning. It's a part of projecting. It's a part of trying to be wise. But you should do that with your own thoughts. Like, ha, all right, I got you. Where'd this come from? Where's that going to lead? If I keep thinking like this, What's going to happen in my day? If I keep thinking like this, what's going to happen to my gut? <laughs> if I keep thinking like this, I'm going to be a worried mess. If I keep thinking like this and there's nothing I can do about it and it hasn't even happened yet and it may never happen, oh man, I need to let that go. Because if I go with that line of thinking, it's not going to lead to a healthy place. Versus, ha, gotcha. Hey, that's true. And that's good. And that's honorable. And that's admirable. And that is... You know, that, that's what God would have me be thinking about. And, and if I take this, I'm going to go with this. I'm going to go with this because I want, the, I, I want the benefits of thinking about the kinds of things that God would have me think about and focus on. So go with that line of thinking. Do I let it go or do I go with it? This is so practical and it's so simple. You miss it. I miss it. 
Where did that come from and what do I do with it? When you find yourself overwhelmed with a lot of thoughts, this is so important. Where did this come from? What do I do with it? When you find yourself stressed out, even angry. When you're mad, you ever get angry and you're not quite sure why you're angry? You're just angry. There's a reason, but maybe you don't know why you're angry, you're just mad kind of thing. This is what you do. You stop. You go, ha, gotcha. Why am I angry? What's, what's behind this? What's going on? It's the same kind of idea, same kind of deal. When you're very busy, this is going to be so important. When you're tired, when you're afraid, you just fill in the blank. Where'd this come from? What do I do with it? When you're trying to make a decision and you're confused. You ever get confused? I get confused. My mom likes to remind me, and I often, you know, call my mom still, you know, confused, trying to make a decision, all this. My mom's always very quick to remind me. You know, son, God's not the author of confusion. That's what the scriptures teach us. He said, when you're confused, <laughs> your, your mind's a battlefield and you're getting messed with, right? Be careful. Be careful what thoughts you entertain, what you, what you say, all right, I, I, I'm going to hold on to this versus I need to let that one go. When you're confused and you have decisions to make, this is so important. Where did that come from and what do I do with it? Hey, when you're dealing with feelings of depression and you're down, you're anxious. This is so very important. For some of you that, that deal with depression and anxiety, and I don't, I don't mean I had a bad day, like the song. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the real deal. The real deal on a chemical level stuff. The debilitating kind of stuff. This is so important for you. These are handlebars that will make, help you get through the moment. And sometimes that's all you can do is just get through a moment. Much less a whole day. Where did this thought come from? And what do I do with it? Where did it come from? And what do I do with it? And then not just on bad stuff too. Sometimes good stuff. When, when you've had a great day and positive things are happening. Good stuff's going on, you know, and you're, and you're thinking all these thoughts. Where did this come from and what do I do with it? Think about what you think about. Knowing that you have a say. You're not a victim. You're not a bystander. You, through the power and strength of the spirit of Jesus within you, have the ability to direct traffic in that mind of yours. And pay attention to that voice you hear more than any other voice, the voice that Satan will use if you're not careful, and the voice that your Heavenly Father wants to use, your own voice. Let's ask God to help us. Father, this is so needed for me, for us. So simple to, to think about what we think about. To know that we have a say. And that we can identify. You can help us identify where these thoughts come from and then what to do with them. And once we identify, whether it's from our enemy, the evil one, Satan himself and the powers of evil, or from your spirit. Once we can identify that, it, it helps us know what to do with it. Father, unfortunately, though we have so many thoughts, sometimes we just get all jumbled and so overwhelmed. Could you please help us? Could you help me? Could you help my brothers and sisters? 
See, the words that we tell ourselves are so powerful and we're constantly creating worlds inside of us and around us with the words that we say to ourselves. So, Father, we want to think about the things that are good and true and admirable and excellent, worthy of praise. And we want to avoid the exaggeration and the lies and the deception and the assumptions that come from Satan. So, Lord, we ask that you would help us spend some time, more time than we do, directing traffic and not just going on autopilot in our own minds. Help us think about what we think about so that our thoughts are honoring to you. In Jesus' name, amen.